This is Mr. Gleasing here, and we are going ahead with Podcast 2.1. Podcast 2.1 is on speed and velocity. So first of all, to talk about speed, we've got to know about motion. And motion is relative, and by that I mean when we describe the motion of an object, it depends on what its surroundings are. So if I'm sitting next to somebody on a bus, and that bus is driving down the road, then relative to the road, I am moving, if the bus is moving as well. But relative to the bus and anyone else in the bus, I'm not moving. In other words, if I was moving at a constant speed inside that bus, and there were no windows, or any other way of knowing that there was movement going on outside, I would think that I'm standing still, and everyone else would think that I'm standing still. This actually happens a lot when you ride on an airplane or if you're riding on a train uh, as it pulls out the station because you won't feel the acceleration of the train. In an airplane, there's nothing really around you to give you surroundings to help you feel uh, like you're moving, so it feels just kind of like you're floating up there in the middle of the air and you can't tell any difference. So when we talk about motion, we're going to talk about it being relative to some object or something else. If we don't say anything, then the motion's relative to the Earth, which is what we usually consider. If something's moving, it's moving relative to the Earth. But sometimes that's not going to work. It may need to be relative to the Sun, another planet, or moving towards or away from an object um, that's floating out in space, or even something that's floating or sitting on the Earth. Usually we're going to say an object is moving. Like I said, if it's moving relative to the Earth, relative to some fixed point. Now that fixed point could be moving something, moving somewhere relative to something else as well. Just because the Earth is our point of reference does not mean the Earth is not moving. Earth is moving around the Sun, Sun's moving throughout the galaxy, and the galaxy is moving throughout the universe. So when we talk about motion, we're going to talk about it in terms of speed or velocity. Speed is defined as distance traveled per unit time, or as you can see the equation, speed equals distance divided by time. Um, because we have the unit of time, we have a rate. All right, Anytime we have time, we're talking about a rate. Now speed, depending on what your units, Usually you're going to have a distance in meters and time in seconds, which would give your speed in meters per second. You could have kilometers per hour, or you could have miles per hour, which could be written as MPH or MI slash HR. You could have any other set of units that you'd like. You could end up with um, centimeters per century. Sometimes they talk about the movement of the crust in terms of centimeters per year or centimeters per uh, century because the Earth's crust isn't moving. The continents um, are not moving fast enough to talk about them in terms of meters per second or miles per hour or anything along those lines. Now when we take this equation and find the rate, we're finding an average speed. An average speed is just that. It's how far you went divided by the time you went. Now the more and more closely we get to a time of being zero, not with time zero, obviously if something is divided by zero it's undefined, but 
the closer we get to zero, the more instantaneous that speed becomes. And speed that is instantaneous as speed is an, at an instant, as in right now. Usually when we talk about a speed over a distance, that is our average speed, if we're talking about how fast we're going right now, that's instantaneous. And we can tell that by looking at, for instance, the speedometer on a car. That would tell us right then what our speed at that instant is. We're going to use average speed in here most of the time, in fact pretty much all the time. When we do talk about instantaneous speed, it will generally be in a situation where we do need to talk about instantaneous speed. When we talked about kinetic energy, we talked about in that equation, you already have this written down, but in this equation we talked about a velocity here and that velocity was an instantaneous velocity, a velocity at that moment. And the same thing is true when we're talking about acceleration, when we're talking about that equation, those will be instantaneous velocities. But in order to get an instantaneous speed or instantaneous velocity, you pretty much need to be told it or you need to read it off a measurement such as a, uh, a speedometer. Alright, so let's solve for some speed problems here. And speed is distance divided by time. And in this case, we're going to look at a trip to Tampa from Conyers. I uh, just plugged this into Google Maps, and that's the directions it gave me. So, in order to find the speed, we need a distance divided by a time. And in this problem up at the top, I see a distance of 467 miles. And I see a time, and it says 7 hours 6 minutes, which is actually 7.10 hours. All right. You want your units, you, I would not write 7 hours 6 minutes in there. I need to have either in hours or in minutes. And since we're talking about car driving, we're probably going to want miles per hour. For walking, we're probably going to talk about meters per second. Now, we might want this in kilometers per hour, but we're not going to worry about that for now. Alright, so if I plug this into my calculator, all i got to do is take 467 and divide it by 711, or 7.10. And when I do that calculation, I'm actually going to get a number 65.77464789. So, I want to look at my numbers right here. Right now I've got three digits on the miles and I've got, when I converted that into hours, um, I did end up with three. I have three digits in my hours once I made the conversion of minutes to hours. So, uh, I have three digits in each number and since I have three digits in each measurement and I'm dividing, I'm going to keep three digits as an answer, so that gets rounded off to 65.8. Now I need a unit, remember no naked numbers, so I look at that and it's miles divided by hours, so I'm going to take uh, a unit such as that. I could have write, wrote, written, whichever, uh, MPH if I would have liked instead of miles per hour. Uh, means the same thing, but that's fine, there we go, 65.8 miles per hour. Now, if I average 70 miles per hour, how long will the trip take? Well, before, I went about 66 miles an hour. So I'm already going to estimate that it should take me a little less than 7 hours, 6 minutes. It might be a lot less. We'll find out. But I do now have a new speed of 70 miles per hour. And I'm still going to Tampa. So I am looking for time. How long will it take? So 
All I have to do, again, is do a little bit of math, uh, a little bit of algebra, and I rearrange this, and I'm going to divide 467 by 70. And on my calculator, I get that this is going to take 6.67, and this is a unit of hours because I'm talking about miles per hour. And again, if you want to talk about significant figures, I really only have one digit over here because that zero is not necessarily significant, but I'm going to say in this case that that probably is a significant number. So I'm going to keep two digits. So it's going to take me about 6.7 hours, which is about 6 hours and 40 minutes or so. So I save about half an hour if I go 6 miles an hour faster, or I'm sorry, 4 miles an hour faster over a long trip. Right? So it would take me about 6.7 hours. Next. Now I have, I want to complete the trip in five hours. I really need to get to Tampa. It's eight o'clock now and I want to be there by one o'clock in the afternoon so that I can see a baseball game. I need to find out how fast I need to go. So I am still going 467 miles. Now I am doing it in five hours. And we can see that this is a very simple equation of 467 divided by five. And as long as there are no police on the road, and I am probably the best driver in the world, so I don't get in a car accident going this fast, I need to go 93 miles an hour in order to get to Tampa in five hours. All right, now we're talking about a truck driver. Um, truck drivers usually have to drive a specific number of miles and after that they have to pull over and rest for a certain number of hours. So if they're driving an eight hour day, we're just gonna make that assumption, and that they're driving outside of traffic so they can average 55 miles per hour. All I have to do is plug this into the equation and I'm looking for a distance, how many miles. So I'm just gonna plug this into the equation like so. And if I do a little bit of math, a little bit of algebra, I should know already that I need to divide this, I'm sorry, multiply, and I can get that I go 440 miles in a day, which really isn't that far. I could get through about half of Georgia, or most of Georgia probably. All right, now let's talk a little bit more about um, travel here. Uh, let's see, we have a flight uh, and we have a unit of time here and we have another unit of time. We're looking for a speed in each direction and then we're going to find the average wind speed that accounts for the difference in time. Uh, you had seen a problem like this in unit one. Uh, this is the boat going up at 12 meters or going upstream at 8 meters per second and downstream at 12 meters per second. Now we need to find that actual speed. So we're going to say speed to London is the distance between Atlanta and London divided by the time from Atlanta to London. And then we're going to find the speed to Atlanta, the return trip, is the same distance divided by the new time. So, going from Atlanta to London, all I have to do is plug this into my calculator and I see that I get a time, or I'm sorry, a speed of 496 miles per hour and for Atlanta to, or London to Atlanta, I have a speed of 
422, that is rounded off, miles per hour. All right, now, what does that mean? It's quicker to go to London because you're going with the jet stream, the air is blowing behind you, you have a tailwind. But let's find out the average wind speed. Now, if I take 496, this is how we did it when we did it before. I'm going to find out that the difference in speed is 74 miles per hour. But that is not the answer I'm looking for. I need the average wind speed. Well, the average wind speed is half of that, which is 37 miles per hour. Speed of the wind. There we go. Why did I divide it by 2? Because if the jet is going 459 miles per hour, I'm just working over here off to the side, alright, and I add 37, I'm going to get the 496. If I subtract 37, I'm going to get the 422 miles per hour. So this is actually the jet speed, this is the wind speed, and so we have our two overall speeds. Now, real quick, velocity is speed with direction. So anytime I give a velocity, I need to give a direction. Now that also means that if I change my velocity, I could change my speed, or I could change my direction. Changing velocity, which is acceleration, which we'll talk about later, is a change in speed, or a change in direction, which if you want to be specific, is speed up, slow down, or changing direction would be to turn. All right. Anytime I accelerate, I have to do one of those things. And we should already know, based on Newton's second law, that anytime I change direction, since I'm accelerating, it requ requires a force. You notice that the equation for velocity looks very much the same, except now we're talking about displacement. What does that mean? That means if I go up, down, you know, in a pattern just like this, and I started down here at the bottom and I finish over here. My displacement will be in that direction, which means my distance is a displacement is a lot shorter than the actual distance I traveled. So looking at an example, and I'm going to draw a picture of this. Ashley's paper route takes her up and down several streets in Conyers. She starts heading north. I'm going to draw this on the little graph over here heads north for five miles. I'm going to make that five blocks. One, two, three, four, five. East for two. South for one. And then finishes heading west for six miles. One, two, three, four, five, six. So she finishes over here just like my last picture. Now it takes her one hour to do that trip. So we know the time is one hour. We want to find her speed and her velocity. Well, if we're finding her speed, it's her total distance divided by time. And she went 5 plus 2 is 7 plus 1 is 8 plus 6 is 14 miles, which gives her a speed of 14 miles per hour, which is not too bad for a paper route. But now we need to figure out what her actual velocity is. Well, 
that's based on this distance right here. And for that, I need to do components. And I can see, since I drew this graphically and properly, that we go up 4 and over 4. So 4 squared plus 4 squared equals c squared, Pythagorean theorem. 16 plus 16 is 32 equals c squared. And the square root of 32 is 5.65. I'm going to round it off to 5.7. Alright, so that gives me 5.7 over here in terms of a distance because that was 4 and that was 4. Alright, and if you want to look at that, you can see how that works out. That C is not my sp velocity, that is my distance. So 5.7 miles divided by 1 hour gives a velocity of 5.7 miles per hour, much less velocity overall. So you can see the difference between displacement and distance. Distance was the total amount she drove, uh, whereas velocity is the total distance from start to finish on a straight line. That's it.